0: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5pm Pacific
1: time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms. And we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to anfieldindexpro.com and get started today.
0: Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On a dull Wednesday where we're just getting more bad news after more bad news. So, Virgil van Dijk has a hamstring injury. Well, that's just great. Uh, It's more serious than initially thought, which is pretty ominous sounding. He's definitely out of the Wolves game, but you wouldn't have expected him to play in that anyway. That definitely seems like a game for the the Joe Gomez-Nat Phillips centre-back pairing. Jarrell Quanza getting... 25 minutes off the bench. Ramsey and Simicus as the fullbacks. Bit of Queeven, Callagher in goal. Henderson, Milner, if fit, and Elliot in midfield. And then up front, Carvalho, Doak, and whoever's knocking around the academy. Losing Virgil is not going to be good, though. I know he hasn't been great this season, but he was looking better coming out of the restart than he had. Obviously, he looked slow, (laughs) flat-out slow, trying to chase back against Brian and Bomo, but it is worth noting, and Bomo is rapid, and clearly Virgil had an injury. Um, So that's not good. Other things that are not good and won't do anything to improve the mood are reports in the Telegraph regarding Pepin Linders. So Sam Wallace has written a piece in the Telegraph which begins talking about Cody Gakpo and how we nicked him from under the nose of Manchester United. It goes on to talk about the injuries to Firmino, Jota and Diaz and how they seem to be quite slow in their recovery from these injuries. It asks the question, what has happened to the great Jurgen Klopp team of the era? Only they have seriously challenged the dominance of the Abu Dhabi era, Pep Guardiola City. Without Klopp and his players, it would have been a five-year title hegemony for, hegemony for City. In that time, Liverpool have become champions of Europe on a net spend that in February of last year ranked only 14th in Europe, which, you know, is a fair effort. Then it mentions Jamie Carragher and his comments on Monday Night Football After the game, where he said, I don't know if there's an influence from Pep Linders, is Jurgen Klopp's number two? But he spoke of how the players, the the type of players had changed and how we were buying players that didn't seem like Jurgen Klopp type of players. And this article goes on to say that Linders' influence on the recruitment side of the club has grown exponentially. Since Michael Edwards announced he was leaving and Julian Ward took over, Linders has had more of a say in things. Now it says three of the four big signings that Liverpool have made in the last two seasons, Diaz, Darwin, Nunes and Cody Gakbo have been advocated for by Linders. Now, we know that it was Jürgen who pushed for Darwin. Says, obviously, the other big, big signing in that spell was Eboo, and that Eboo was very much just somebody that we'd liked for a long time. And obviously, we have a relationship with the Red Bull group. Mentions the fact that Ian Graham and Mike Gordon have left the club and that there's kind of a bit more scope for Linders to have his hands in things. It does say, in addition, Linders regularly takes first-team sessions. That's not news, nor is it unusual. That's what first-team coaches do all over the world. It's well known that Linders takes, takes training. That's his job what he's there to do it says he has turned down the chance to be a manager in order to stay at Liverpool I haven't ever heard him linked with a job so again I I don't know if that's correct then it says and Dan Kennett I can just picture him pulling his hair out for this Liverpool were offered the chance to sign Christopher and Kunku in the summer but Klopp and Linders declined the French international's positional flexibility would have made him a long-term replacement for Bobby Firmino and competition for Salah and Diaz in the wide areas. I mean, that's a little bit concerning because that's a special player. Now, if he goes to Chelsea, he'll just be, a, you know, bang average. But you know, we we roll with with our narratives. Then it mentions Matthias Nunes and it says this is another Linders recommendation and it's not. Pep Linders is the reason we didn't sign him in the summer. He talked Klopp out of it. He was a a Julian Ward target. He wasn't a Linders recommendation. And we turned him down because Linders and Klopp decided to turn him down. We also turned down Enzo Fernandez. At the same time, we could have signed him for about 15 million. Liverpool have made a commitment to go back for the 24-year-old and attacking midfielder. See, he's not an attacking midfielder either. So there's just a number of things in this article, and I'm sure it's sourced. I I will share with you my conspiracy theory in a second. But there's a number of Inaccurate things in this article, like little things, such as calling Matthias Nunes an attacking midfielder, which he absolutely is not. He's much better when he operates in deeper positions. He's far more defensive than attack-minded. He can do both. He's an excellent technician, but he's tenacious. He's a battler. He's really good positionally. But it says we could go, we'll go back for him in the summer for 44 million. Now, John Percy and Anne Wallace had reported this yesterday. The hope for Liverpool has always been that Jude Bellingham and his family would see Anfield as the best place for his development. He will, in any case, be a very wealthy young man wherever he chooses, and his career decisions thus far have never prioritised money. The worry for Liverpool is that City can make a better pitch for Bellingham. And then it goes on to talk about how Liverpool haven't signed a midfielder in four and a half years. It confirms what we knew, that Jurgen Klopp was the one that forced through the new contract for Jordan Henderson, which just didn't need to happen. Talks about Fabinho's age, players who who are leaving the club. It shows our lost intensity. In 1819, we were first in the league for sprints, first in the league for high speed runs, and I would guess second in the league for distance. We're currently 14th for distance, uh, 16th for sprints, and 11th for high speed runs um last season we were third for sprints fourth for distance but strangely 13th for distance so we even last season we were still maintaining a high level of sprints and high speed runs but the distance we were covering had dropped drastically and it has dropped drastically since that 1819 season and eighteen nineteen was absolutely the best year of our team under Klopp. It was a significantly better team than the team that won the league. Virgil was playing at a higher level. Mo was at a higher level. Bobby was at a higher level. Fab, I think, was a lot better the first year. He got injured in the second year, you'll remember. I think Sadio. Henderson had that good four months. And maybe Andy Robertson are the only ones you'd say were better in the title-winning season than they had been the previous year. Everyone else, I think, took a little step back. And it is reflected by the fact we dropped from second to seventh in distance. We maintained sprints first to first. High-speed runs went first to second. And then it all fell off. And now it's drastic. For Liverpool to be 11th in high speed runs, 16th in sprints, that's incredible. And of course, Pep and Linda's intensity book was released in between those things happening. So I don't know what to make of them. I really don't. Um,. My conspiracy on this is Jamie Carragher brought it up on Monday Night Football. Jamie Carragher is a columnist for The Telegraph. Sam Wallace is one of the chief football writers at The Telegraph. Sam Wallace is not a Liverpool reporter. Sam Wallace is a Manchester reporter. And his primary focus has always been United and City, never us. I'd be interested to go back through his archives and see how often he's written about us. I would say not very regularly. So I do wonder if Carragher is the source for some of this stuff. If maybe he couldn't say fully what he wanted to say on Monday Night Football, and this is the medium for him to get the information he had and the views he had out. And Wallace is a a good journalist. He is. But like I said, there's certain things in that article. Like the thing about Linders taking training, that's neither a secret or news or surprising. Everybody has already known that. There's other bits like Nunes being a a Linders suggestion. It's just not true. There's definitely things that Linders is, is... it's definitely true that Pep Linders has too much control of Liverpool. It definitely is. The style of play we see is not Jurgen Klopp's style of play. It just isn't. It's Pep Linders' style of play. If you saw any of the games he managed at NEC, this is largely how they played. Which is a world away from how we used to play, and how Dortmund played, and how Mines played. But the thing is, that's on Klopp, because Klopp is the one giving him this much power, this much control, this much input. That's not good. It's not good at all. A good assistant manager is rarely seen and even less often heard. Those were the words of Peter Taylor, who's arguably the best assistant manager in the history of the game. Who's Brian Clough's assistant. People knew him because he was the the balancing act for Clough's temperament. And he was influential behind the scenes because Clough put faith in him as a scout. But he never gave interviews. He didn't write a book until he was ready to retire. Or he had he had retired, in truth. He had retired when he wrote his book. I don't know. I just find the whole thing very strange. And if Linders is having a heavy involvement in recruitment, you you can now understand why Julian Ward is walking away from his dream job after just 12 months. I don't know what it is about Linders that Klopp sees that, that makes him think this guy can do it all. Maybe they're grooming him to take over from Klopp. If that's the case, we're screwed. Absolutely screwed. Because if this is the style of football, this garbage that we're seeing this season, this absolute dreck, then we are in proper trouble. Because whatever about players joining to play for Klopp, who's joining to play for Pep and Linders? There's a story going around today that we're interested in Teyan Coop Miners. Now, Teyan Coop Miners is a good player. He is. He's a very good passer of the ball. He can do a little bit of everything in midfield. He's 24 years of age. He'll be 25 in February. Plays for Atalanta. Spent a long time with Azel Alkmaar. Moved to Atalanta in the summer of 2021 for about 12 million. And he's done pretty well there. But he's not mobile enough to play for us. He just isn't. He's not a clock midfielder in any way. Now, if you were a stupid club who had said no to Enzo Fernandez, realized the error of your ways, and decided that while you couldn't afford to buy Enzo Fernandez now, because you're the poorest rich club in the world, you might go and find, you know, the wish version. That's kind of what you get. A less mobile, less talented, less aggressive version. Good player, no doubt. But no, just no. The main Liverpool websites today there is a piece on Virgil on this is Anfield regarding the injury there is a piece up Alex Oxley-Chamberlain Liverpool's most Liverpool's most un, most misunderstood player um stubbornly flex stu, stubbornly inflexible I can't read today stubbornly inflexible three clock rules forgotten and taking responsibility Key figure who abruptly left Liverpool is now working for Man United. That is Jim Moxon. Um, interesting that he has gone to work for Manchester United. You would wonder what the situation was that caused his departure. Uh, Jurgen Klopp declined deal for RB Leipzig striker. That is Christopher Nkunku. Liverpool fans label Moises Caicedo perfect for us after destroying Everton. I, I watched that game after the fact. It, it, it wasn't even that he destroyed them, he just he put them all in his pocket and just strolled around the field like he owned the place. Um, well done, well done, the Ev. The Ev lifted my mood last night, they did. I was watching Yellowstone. Ignoring all football, still fucking livid about about the shit show in midfield. And Lisa Marie DM'd me and was like, well, at least the Everton result will cheer you up. And I hadn't seen it, so I looked and they were 4-0 down. Wonderful. And Evan Ferguson scored, so yeah, double bubble. Um, yeah, loads of good stuff on this is Anfield, Liverpool.com. Jurgen Klopp already knows exactly how to fix Liverpool high line. I don't think he does. Uh, Mohamed Salah can take the pressure off Darwin Nunes by fixing hidden Liverpool problem. Right. Um, Yeah, there's a few of the bits and pieces. Jurgen Klopp should consider Harvey Elliott's swap as two midfield fixes are clear. Oh, I can't wait to see this. Um, Jürgen Klopp has committed himself to changing the structure of the Liverpool midfield. Harvey Elliott is playing there at the moment, but he's not the only one in a similar mould. Fabio Carvalho appears to be a number 10, who for now plays wide in the left, but be- could become an 8. No, he couldn't. No, he couldn't. Curtis Jones came before him on a similar path, and Bobby Clark is emerging uh, is an emerging talent with similar tendencies. He's an emerging talent with similar issues. He's tiny. Curtis Jones, at least, is a unit. The idea is to evolve Liverpool's midfield into something the fans had craved. Nobody wanted to see us wide open and with midgets running around in midfield. I'm sorry, nobody craved that. Um, Elliot though, has drawn criticism for his performances at times this season. That is unfair on the teenager and not just because of his age. He's played a lot more football than he should have. Well, I do agree he's played a lot more than he should have. It's not unfair to criticise him. Like, we can't just allow players to go out there and cost us goals in back-to-back games and be a complete liability and then say, oh, well, it's fine, they're only a kid. That's not how it works. You may be a teenager and you may only be a kid and you may not be far too young to actually be in the team. But at the end of the day, when you're taking home big boy money, you get big boy criticism. That's just how it works. It's not only its fault that he's playing poorly. He's not a midfielder. He just isn't a midfielder. If Elliot was in a Liverpool team where the other ele- where the other eleven players were performing, so if if Elliot was playing in a twelve man Liverpool team, there would not be an issue. So basically, if everyone else could carry him, it'd be fine. Is 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 the purpose of this uh, nonsensical article here? Also, the idea is we move more into the middle. Darwin on the left and play Harvey on the right of the front three. He doesn't have enough pace to play in the front three. So, no, this is garbage. So, Matt Addison, no. Uh, Three things definitely happening, definitely happen due to Liverpool's transfer stance. Garbage. Liverpool get Jude Bellingham transfer front runner reassurance as FSG. Chase 55 million striker. Well, FSG don't chase anybody. So I'm not sure why their name is always put into headlines. Maybe for clicks. Um Nunez talk played down. By who? Oh, by L- Lopathegi. Uh, Liverpool apparently want Randall Colomoyani. Wouldn't believe a word of it, to be totally honest. Uh Liverpool confident on... That's crap. Like... Liverpool.com is crap today. So, uh, moving on. Anfieldindex.com, always reliable. Uh, Why I believe we will sign Moises Caicedo, just not yet. That is by Stephen Smith. Lessons learned from Brentford. That is David Davis. The leaving of Liverpool. Decision time for FSG. That one is by Mo Chatra. So, do give that one a look. Mo had a brilliant thread. This is like a this is like his thread put into article form. You can check the thread out either by going on the website and looking at the article or go on Moe's um, Twitter feed and you'll see it there. Harvey Elliott, careful management, key for all. Uh, also by David Davis. Podcast-wise, there is a new Pro Plus, which is a transfer show entitled Passive or Aggressive with Trev and Dave Davis. And there will be a new scouted recorded today where I'm going to shout at Carol. He doesn't know it yet and he won't hear this before we record. But I'm going to shout at him. and That's the main focus of my day. Yous aren't here. I can't shout at you. You won't talk back. So I'm going to shout at him instead. And I don't like shouting at Guy. Guy's too nice. So I'm going to shout at Carl instead. He deserves it. He's a big J journalist. Don't feel sorry for him. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show.